step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. What's up, what's up, you wonderful people? Welcome back to another episode of transcendent explorations thank you all for being here as always it means the absolute world to me it is so greatly appreciated even if one person listens to this podcast but i know more than one people listen to this podcast so i hope all of you that listen to this podcast really do get and extract high quality value from uh, all of these shows and that it does directly contribute to the quality of your life and that you do learn things and you gain some insights and you take on you know the information and integrate it into your life and see the changes and you know if it does any of those things appreciate the likes the ratings the reviews this will forever be um, helpful in the podcasting space and if you're feeling ambitious then the value for value model is also there for you as most of you would probably know by now if you want to directly contribute to the podcast be a co-producer co-creator and actualize the value you perceived you received from these episodes and show in general then there's a link in the description to that you can check out and uh yeah hope you're all doing well and wonderful during this roller coaster of a journey we are on with the pulsations of the intensity in and out i hope you're enjoying it i hope you are you're really simply like just enjoying the ride which it's actually fitting that I say that considering <laughs> today's episode and that's actually something we do get into towards the end. I didn't even think about that as I <laughs> opened up the podcast um, and it's just such a hard wide way of how I see reality which is like a roller coaster journey. There's ups and downs, there's twists and turns but ultimately it's up it's up to us how we choose to perceive the experience. And so I'm going to control what I can, which is my perception of this whole thing. And I'm not going to go on a long rabbit hole into that because we do talk about that a little bit in today's episode, which was with the magnificent, incredible, beautiful Ben Calder. We had the man himself back on for a third appearance because he is just full of amazing perspectives and knowledge that I personally want to squeeze out of him and for you guys to hear all what he has to share as well. And so today we talked about, we used an integral framework. If you want to, by the way, if you want to 
know more about Ben, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes we've done, go back and listen to them. Uh, But we used an integral framework in waking up, cleaning up, growing up, and showing up. This is such a full and comprehensive framework for a human being to really consciously take themselves through to evolve in all areas as you can see we're not neglecting and these do extend beyond just waking up we could look at this in the quadrant from the quadrants perspective being i we it's and it's waking up in i waking up in we waking up in it waking up in it's um, and so it is very multi-dimensional and it's also synergistic in that they all influence each other. They're all tied into each other. They all, as Ben would say, tetra-arise simultaneously um, all together. Uh, so you can't, you can't work on one without um, influencing all of them. And so Ben and I just openly explored these stages of development what they mean, the multiple different perspectives we can take on it, and then the actionable side of things in how, what does it actually look like to wake up? How do we wake up? How do we clean up? How do we grow up? And then what does showing up look like? Giving you a a full look, a full picture at how a human being can really evolve, not in just one area, but in so many different areas again this is just only one framework the whole integral model in itself is you know so comprehensive balanced and whole just the definition of integral which is really what i hope this conversation and exploration is for you guys today it's comprehensive it's balanced and it's whole and that you're inspired to look more into waking up, cleaning up and growing up, showing up and actually taking yourself consciously through these stages of development in your own life so you can become a more whole, balanced and integrated individual which influences all of us as we know, entanglement. So that's today's episode, hope you love it, hope you get a ton of juicy information out of it. Again, if you do Appreciate the likes, ratings, reviews, and all of that good stuff that you know what to do. I love you guys. Thank you for the support and enjoy this episode with Ben Calder. Ben Calder, welcome back yet again to Transcendent Explorations, mate. So good to have you on uh, for the third time. Just been loving connecting with you and having you on the show and look forward to uh, what we get into today. But welcome back to the show, mate. Thank you so much. It's a real honor to be here. And honestly, third time as well. I, I really do. I feel honored that uh, you, you've uh, you've kept coming back for more. It's uh, <laughs> a real testament to how just beautiful and juicy our conversations have been over the last couple of uh, recordings as well. Absolutely. And selfishly, you know, you're like a sponge just full of wisdom. And I want to somewhat ring all that juicy wisdom and knowledge and information that you have uh, for myself to absorb, but obviously for other listeners 
to absorb as well. So I hope that they have loved the other two episodes that we have done on health and spirituality. Uh, so people, if you haven't listened to that, check them out. Today, we're going to be using or going through uh, a framework that, and it was Dustin DePerna who really introduced this to the integral theory, right? And this is wake up, grow up, cleaning up and showing up. But just to confirm, it was Dustin DePerna, right? You know, I, I don't remember offhand I, because it, it's also expanded even in the time that I've been looking at it. We we always had or, or I was always aware of waking up and growing up, which was when Ken uh, and Alan Coombs introduced the Wilbur Coombs lattice. We kind of differentiated at that point between the growing up through the stages of development and the waking up through the states of consciousness. Mm. Okay, yeah, and then obviously it sounds like Dustin has brought in that clean up and show up aspect. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, what I thought we would do is we would just uh, dialogue a little bit about each one. Obviously, they're all connected and synergistic. So by working on one, you influence all of them like a spider web. You can't touch one strand without influencing the whole entire web. But I think this is just such a a very valuable framework for one to be aware of and to kind of consciously take themselves through, especially in this transformational time that we're going through. I think people really need to learn how to truly wake up, how to clean up. This one's incredible. They're all incredibly important, but I think clean up needs a little bit of emphasis. Uh, mm-hmm. We definitely need to grow up um, and then the showing up as well. So, Let's just start with getting a an understanding and an overview of, from your perspective, what is waking up? Let's just start with that. I think that my my favorite thing to share about waking up is it's not an event; it's a process. Mm. It's it's not going to be something that's just going to happen. Um, I, I think partly because we first have to define the idea of what are we waking up to. Mm. You know, am I waking up to my partner? Am I waking up to the impact of my words on somebody in a conversation I had? Am I waking up to what happens when I don't recycle my trash? You know, there are, there are so many things, you know, and again, as you say, there's this beautiful synergy and overlap in the cleaning up, growing up, showing up, that there are so many things we could potentially wake up to. Uh, so there is no one thing. And and I think the there's the idea that when we wake up, it's all going to be okay. That <laughs> we're going to be there, and yeah, man, I got there. I, like, I guess up. what people think of with enlightenment, all right. Once I'm enlightened, yeah. like that's it. I'm done. I'm completed life. Like no, no. I mean, one of the things that you you hear Ken kind of talking about quite regularly in, in integral theory is the fact uh, that the world is exactly as we left it. So when we when we come back from an awakened experience, whether or not we want to see that as uh, a Samadhi, Kensho, Satori, any of the other kind of uh, terms that we see in the contemplative practices for, for waking up, the world is left exactly as we found it. So this comes right back into the old uh, adage that before enlightenment, I chopped wood and carried water. And after enlightenment, I chopped wood and carried water. Nothing changed. Uh, the only thing that changed was my perception of, of reality around me. But in a sense, I still have to come back in and I still have to do all the stuff that I, I used to do. So it's also a, 
in some respects, it can be quite a disorientating thing because when you have a transcendent experience of an epic quality, you think that's it. Everything, you know, when you're, when you're in it, everything is complete. Everything is whole. There is nothing that you need. It, it, it's beautiful, but it's interesting that it's a challenging state to sustain in our world, you know, because I still have to go out to work and I still have to earn money and I still have to clean my house and, you know, do, do that stuff. And, you know, I know, you know just before we were recording, we were talking about the, this idea of maybe going off into the wilderness and just living as the, the kind of the primal naked human. Uh, but, you know, even primal naked humans got to forage for food, can find shelter, got to stay warm. What happens when the seasons change and it's winter or there's no food available or I can't find water. So to a degree, you know, waking up it is, is beautiful. But it, again, it's a whole on. It, it's only part of a greater, a greater thing that, that we're in. And, and I think it's easy to get too focused on this idea of waking up and not be aware of how it will actually integrate into the rest of your life. And, and essentially, you know, don't get too focused on the one thing. Um, mm. it, it, it's part of the process and it's part of the thing that we're moving towards. But don't become obsessed with it. Uh, don't become into this idea that once you achieve that, all things will be well and all things will be fine, which we feel in that state. You know, when, when we're in that awakened state, you know, it feels like no, nothing is important. But um, but then we, you know, there's a knock at the door or the phone rings or, <laughs> yeah. you know. You're going to come back. <laughs> everything's arrived or whatever, you know. it's uh, And, yeah, you're back in the room. And uh, and, and I think it's the integration that, that's then the challenging part. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, that's that's well said. And uh, it almost sounds like to me, you know, there's kind of like micro and macro waking ups. And yeah. I mean, even just to maybe kind of encapsulate it within a word, awareness, you know, so it's this yeah. in- increase in awareness, which could be on a micro level, like kind of waking up to what's happening to your recycling or waking up to your relationship with your partner. But then there's that macro waking up which is almost like dying you know and ken has uh, a beautiful quote that he shares by i believe it's like a zen master but it's if you die before you die when you die you won't so it's like almost it's almost uh, seems like it's necessary for a human being to go through this macro waking up to kind of realize who they are and who they are not but then it comes back to that integration aspect because once you have that realization, once you tap into source, once you have that all knowing connection and experience, what's next? You know, yeah. that's only a momentary state of awareness, but we have to come back down. And it's good because we've now unlocked all those perspectives that we can take at any time. We've unlocked those neural pathways. We can tap into that. But when we come back down, it's like, how do we integrate? what we've woken up to into our present reality that we're currently experiencing. And so I guess with that, if you don't have any comments, what does that integration process look like? And I know it's going to be incredibly unique and individual, but I guess like an overview of how one would begin to like actually think of integrating, uh, having woken up to who they truly are. 
sure. I, I think the first thing to, to kind of reflect on with that is something that Genpo Roshi, who uh, taught the big mind process within uh, the integral community, one of the things that uh, he was talking about uh, in some of the early big mind lectures is that if you don't continue to practice, then the awakening experience you have just becomes a nice memory. Mm. It just becomes something you did and you can remember waking up and you can remember having that. But, you know, one of the things that we see again, the Wilbur Coombs lattice is a, a useful reminder of this is that those states of consciousness, they're all temporary. But what we're trying to do is have acquired state stages so that our access into the subtle realms from a, a waking point of view to the causal realms from a waking point of view to the non-dual realms from a waking point of view is something that becomes an acquired state stage only through practice. So I think one of the most important things that we have to do once we have an awakening in, in whatever way we want to term that is we have to continue with the practices. You know, and I can remember Osho speaking about it as well. And one of his... Um, uh, followers saying to him that they'd had this awakened experience just ever so briefly and everything dissolved and they were in that pure bliss state, but it only lasted uh, you know, a very, very short period of time. What did that mean? And he just went, oh, I'm good. Keep practicing. <laughs> you felt it. Yeah. Now continue on the journey. Yeah. So, and again, I think the the term waking up makes it seem like it's just a thing, but it, it's a continuous process. And and I, and I promise you, again, we were, we were laughing about the the kind of the time scale. You know, twenty four years time. Let's you and I have another conversation. <laughs> and ask how awake you feel yeah. then. Let's see how much I've practiced. Practice. You know. Exactly. And why didn't you, if you didn't, what was it that, that kind of got in the way? And, and what was it that made you think, well, I can sit on my mat and dissolve into absolute bliss, or I can do something else. Yeah. And, and the amount of times that we choose the other thing is also, I think, really interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, at least why we choose to, I guess, even constantly seek that, that state I mean, for me, I guess it kind of delves a little bit into the shadow. And if there's like a, what, why are you seeking or are you escaping, you know, because then, you know, maybe meditation, things like that, a lot of people use them to, uh, to escape rather than find the magnificence within themselves, you know. Yeah. So I guess waking up could even be a distraction to some degree yeah. if you don't, you know, know how to really work with it correctly. Which is, I guess, it it would seem very prevalent, you know, meditation is so popular, but yet so many people are still psychologically distraught and imbalanced and like, you know, it's like the whole, we've never had more doctors, health coaches, hospitals and everything yet, you know, five to six billion people have metabolic dysfunction and all kinds of different, you know, health issues. So like, are we actually doing the work and, and doing that true practice, like taking the time to yeah. actually do the work. But, but you see, I think that this really then starts to overlap into cleaning up and showing up. And, you know, we have a profoundly sick society. You know, the, the very structure of our society is sick and it's terminal and it's temporary. 
it's going to go through another transition. And I think all of these tools are so vital in helping us. But we have to recognize that actually the world we live in is a very messy and very disturbed space. And so in the process of waking up, part of what we're also doing is waking up to just how just how off the rails that's become, uh, especially in the last kind of 40 years, I would say. Um, and, and so our, our attraction for these things, our need for these things has become deeper. So, so part of this craving is also, you know, if we look at the voice of desire as a, you know, kind of a, a voice within us, desire is always going to want something. And it doesn't matter what the thing is, desire is always going to want a thing. And, you know, while we're serving ourselves with the thing that we wanted, we're already looking for the next thing we desire. Yeah. But we can, we can take that into levels of discernment. So the voice of desire can transmit into the voice of the seeker. Now, the voice of the seeker is always going to seek. Yeah. The seeker of the way is another part of us, is always going to seek the way. And do you know what it's going to do when it finds the way? It's going to keep seeking another way because that's what those parts of us do. And yes, some of those bits are in shadow. Yes, they're dissociated. And, you know, and in this whole process of waking up where we're also going through trying to dissolve the primary dualisms that we exist within. So, you know, ego is divided into persona and shadow. We have the human organism as itself is di divided into ego as mind and body. Mm. You know, we mm. also then have that separation of self from environment. And, and that brings in with itself the other idea that there's an end to life, that things stop and start rather than really being uh, at one with the universal constant, the thing that's just in constant flux anyway. You know, we can't even see the amount of uh, atoms, protons, neutrons, all the rest of it that bash into us all the time and other bits that break off and disappear. You know, we're, we're so unsolid but realizing ourselves at that level is not a comfortable experience because we have to drop all of these structures that we're hanging on to. And that is a very painful thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Waking up can be painful because, you know, you can leave some bits of yourself behind, which is when we'll get into cleanup because we don't want to leave anything behind per se. We yeah. want to integrate them. Um, I love what you said. And I just wanted to maybe bring into perspective of waking up kind of being an opportunity for us to like get outside of the box to actually like really think differently. Because the reason why we're in the state we're in on the planet is collectively due to all our decision making and all the choices that we've made to some extent. Um, whereas if we could kind of wake up, you know, leave this kind of one perspective that we've been stuck in, we'd be able to see the world from a different perspective, therefore think differently, make different decisions, make different choices and, you know, go about our actions completely differently. There's just so much value within that, that waking up, I think, for us to let, for, especially the catalyzed change. Like how do we, that whole Einstein quote, you know, you can't solve the same problem from the level of consciousness that made it. 
So we have to wake up out of this kind of level that we've been in to transform ourselves and the world into a completely different place. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, we, we get, you know, we're, we're Hollywoodized, we're sensationalized. We want some like, boom, Someone big kind us. of like everything. I want shit. Jesus to come from the sky and save me, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. You know, watch the aliens build the pyramids while flying around on a unicorn. Let's, <laughs> let's make it as fun as we can. But, you know, the waking up is also just, you know, it's exactly what you say. It's about those shifts in perspective. Those are the waking up. You know, like has, has somebody ever shown you a shortcut on a keyboard or, or for a tool? And you, you and you go, oh, great. Mind blown. That, that solves that problem for me. Hey, did you know if you try this like this, you'll get this response? No, touch that there. Feel how that affects your body. Whoa. You know, there's all these different bits that we can get to know ourselves. And again, back into quadrants, you know, we can get to know our minds in a different way. We can get to know our bodies and our behaviors, our relationships, our culture, our environment. We, we've got so many places where we can wake up as well. And, you know, let's say you studied the cello for 50 years. You know, you can continue to wake up into that. It's it's not a thing and it doesn't have to be limited. It, there are so many places that we can just wake up and open up to something greater. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess there's probably, again, there's levels to waking up, right? It's like a never-ending thing. Same with health. You can always find a greater level of health, a greater level of organization, a higher level of consciousness. It is infinite really, especially even when it comes to learning. And if we live in an infinite universe and there's no stop at waking up, there's no stop at the level of consciousness you can achieve. So yeah, don't think you're just done after one, like we said in the beginning. It's a process. It's a spiral that we're constantly moving up that's expanding as we move up it. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of a great little exploration for waking up and hopefully we've given people a good understanding. Obviously, people, we could talk about just waking up for hours, you know, especially if we okay. apply waking up to, you know, all four quadrants, I, we, it's and it's, we could apply it to all of them and unpack that um, as well, which is why Integral is so beautiful because this is so interconnected, you know, <laughs> so interconnected. So we did mention um, cleaning up and showing up personally i know at least from my research that dustin deperna does does kind of have an order to these and yeah you know i do feel you know you could probably tweak it a little bit but his order at least that i've seen is is waking up growing up cleaning up showing up i feel and it probably doesn't make too much of a difference but i feel like cleaning up also also um sorry cleaning up should probably come after waking up because i find during that waking up process, including myself and I know many other people do forget or are unconscious of the fact that they're leaving parts of themselves behind. Yeah. And so as we wake up, we need to simultaneously also be cleaning up and including these aspects that we are uh, uh, maybe are unconsciously uh, repressing or trying to throw away. But yeah, do you just want to give an overview of cleaning up and then share yeah. your perspective again? Yeah, I, I mean, and just before I jump into that, the way that I look at the, those four aspects, waking up, cleaning up, growing up, showing up, for me, they tetra-arise. Mm, so yeah. we're doing parts of all of them at once. And I don't, 
I don't feel it's necessarily useful to think, well, I'll do that one first, then that one, then that one, then that one. I, I think they're like little sliders that we just adjust a little bit all the way, you know, so we keep on going into them. But, yeah. you know, the, the cleaning up side of, of ourselves, uh, and, and I'm, I'm going to kind of break into two parts of this, because, again, from a quadrant's point of view, there, there's the subjective cleaning up and there's the objective cleaning up. And I think both of them are, you know, it's integral. We don't ever let one go ahead of the other. So, um, you know, in terms of our, our shadow self, it's, it's important for people, I think, who, like I, I come across people quite often that say that they've done shadow work. I've done my shadow work. And, and you know, my answer is no, you haven't. You've done some shadow work. Yeah. You know? But just in the conversation that you and I are having, we could create new shadow elements, you know, in each other, with each other, and so on. So shadow is a, an unfolding thing. And this is why you can never be done in any one of these aspects. You know, we can wake up at various times in various ways, but we can clean up more as we go along. Because certainly with shadow being so unconscious for us, there's th this joke about, you know, we know what we know and we know the stuff we don't know, but we don't know how much we don't know. You know, the shadow is, is significant. It's unconscious. So you don't have an idea of, of what's going on in there. And it might take very, very specific circumstances, situations for some of those moments to actually, you know, kind of come up in irritation in a way that allows us to catch them. And, you know, we, we can do our journaling and we can do all of the exercises for self-inquiry that we do. But we're so good at putting stuff into shadow that we could skirt around and circle around these things endlessly, chipping away at them. And, you know, I, I, I really acknowledge this in myself, that there are things that I can even say out loud. Yeah, I know that that issue is going on with me, but I can't get to the real shadow that's sitting behind that because for whatever reason, it, it, it's not the right moment. And I guess I was always reassured, you know, I spent a lot of uh, a lot of hours listening to Genpo Roshi and, and uh, practicing his methods. And one of the things that I was reassured by, you know, he, he had his first uh, Satori in the mid 70s. He was recognized as a Zen master in the early 80s. And, and just, you know, I mean, some of the, the stuff I've, uh, you know, been with him in 2020, uh, he's still acknowledging new pieces of his, you know, disowned unconscious that he's bringing back in, you know, and th this is a Zen master with over, you know, kind of 40 years experience, mm. you know, so don't ever think you're done with this stuff. It, it's a continual practice. And and again, our, our waking up, part of that is, is having that sensitivity and that presence to recognize when those things are in action you know because with shadow the, the two really easy rules to understand with shadow are you see yourself to lack that quality whatever it is and you see it out in the environment around you and typically it's much larger than you so i'm diminished it seems greater out there uh, and even looking at the language, I and it, we're, we're changing proportions. So I lack it. It's outside of me and it affects me. It doesn't just inform me. Mm. You know, so if I see somebody behaving in a particular way, I can 
if I can acknowledge I could do that, I could be that guy, uh, and I don't feel affected by him, it's probably not shadow. I might not be able to acknowledge that I can do it, but I'm just informed that guy's behaving that way. Might not be shadow. You know, I can feel that I can own that quality and still be affected by seeing somebody do it. That mm -hmm. might not be shadow. Uh, but if I'm affected by it and I believe myself to lack that capacity, then it's, you know, so it's, it's a very simple way of, of then watching what's happening inside of us. And for that, you see, we also have to have a level of awareness about the body. You know, how many of us are really noticing when, when something happens? I mean, you know, years of, of sitting with clients and asking them questions about where they're at and what's going on and, and what they're struggling with. And, and you can see some questions just cause these momentary little twitches in their system. You know, so what was that about? What happened in there? You know, where did you go when that happened? And, and catching those little tiny bits because we're so good at pushing this stuff away that we'll ha have the reaction and then we're back back in the room. Don't want to go into that. And we'll, we'll or we'll dissociate. You know, we'll, you'll see people disappear out of themselves and you know start to think about it in a, in a very dissociated way. Mm. So staying mm. in the body, you know, that's part of the cleaning up process. Is not looking to get away from the sensations, not looking to get away from the things that we all got programmed with, you know, I mean, the, there's a bit of a joke that, you know, you spend the first half of your life filling yourself up with all of these programs and patterns and understandings about the world. And you spend the second half of your life trying to, you know, clean it all up again, and sort it all out. And, you know, this is why also I've got respect for, for you and, and the generation of people with you that are listening to you, because you're starting at a beautiful age for this. And the more that we can bring this in, and I mean, again, I was lucky uh, because of my, my family situation, we started pretty early on some of this stuff. But, you know, it, it's important that we, we, we start these processes early on. Um, you know, so, so that's the, the shadow side of it. But uh, I also think as well with cleaning up, the other bit we've got to remember is the, is the external. So both individual and collective. You know, if I'm buying factory farm, mm -hmm. pesticide-ridden, hormone-driven products that are, you know, pesticides that are wrecking the insect colonies, then I, I can't create a good space in the mind either because, again, the body is going to affect the mind, the environment is going to affect the relationships and, and everything in between that. So it's important for me that what I do with my money, where I put my energy, all of those things, we want to be as clean as, as possible. And, I mean, you know, as an interesting of... Uh, interesting example of how some of this is in dissonance uh you know i've had conversations over the over the years with uh, vegan friends who are who are very strongly vegan very uh, kind of uh, zealous in some of their views and yet you say to them so how much do you make sure that you're only having organic and they go well, i can't afford it okay so tell me about your principles again you know, I, I see you on Facebook promoting McDonald's vegan burger. Tell me how that company that's involved in more slaughter of more animals from more mass farming 
and controlling so many farms that they can drive prices down and have killed off independent farming in large parts of America. Tell me why you supporting their vegan burger is an ethical choice, is a healthy choice that's helping our planet. Whereas me, who's buying, you know, grass-fed, organic, locally reared, you know, cared for meat from down the road, why I'm the criminal. You know, so so I think as well, there's a lot of dissonance about what it means to be clean uh, and to understand how we're doing it. I mean, you know, I'm sat here on a laptop that I know for a fact was probably made in a sweatshop in Asia. Yeah. You know? So yeah. And, and there's a part of me that has to be OK with that um, and, and come to terms with that as well. So so cleaning up is quite a nuanced thing as well. And, and it's very easy to virtue signal and wander around and, and think that, you know, because you're in your organic clothing and you're having a shake and, you, can, you know, I, I mean, Instagram is an interesting yeah. place to kind of. It's a good way to create shadow material. <laughs> it's a, it's a beautiful place. And it's a beautiful place to see how much of it triggers you as well. Yeah. Because very, very quickly as you go through the stuff, what's the stuff that's like, blah, I don't want to do that. You don't even have to read a caption to get triggered. You just just see someone post a selfie in a certain way or, you know, whatever. And it can set up a whole cascade of responses within inside of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think everything you said is amazing. And I love that you kind of touched, uh, touched on it across the the quadrants from an individual level to that external uh, physical level with, uh, you know, our environment and everything, which is a big thing that we need to be, aware of and i think uh maybe to tie this a little bit into waking up and kind of the awareness is just how much consciousness and energy we have wrapped up in our unconscious in our shadow like a lot of us don't have this awareness or this clarity of consciousness to have and even have the energy to be able to think critically because we lack consciousness because we have so much of it wrapped up in our unconscious and i love the example that ken gives um, especially when he talks about moving to new levels and 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 continuing to transcend is you need a certain amount of consciousness to get to the next level you know he uses the whole pesos of consciousness let's say you know you need 60 pesos to get to the next level but you've only got 20 well, there's 40 pesos of consciousness wrapped up in your unconscious. If only we could go in, clean up and liberate that consciousness, would we be able to expand our awareness and liberate more energy and be able to continue to move on, onwards and upwards? It's just, I think it's so critical to like, shadow work is, I think it's essential and it's something that we get, it should be in the school curriculum. I mean, you know, it really should be like literally essential because on the other side of it, at least for me, shadow work and, you know, really taking care of our psychological health is about creating more open, loving and deeper connections with people and the environment itself. So absolutely essential. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, again, it's, it's stuff that we, we don't really realize the value of that, that this whole process of, of waking up because it's a journey as well. I mean, I, I can't begin to express for, for anybody that it is new to their, their kind of internal journey and their self-development, how much you will change over 20 years. You know, you, you think you've done a lot in one year or five years, 
you know, you, you wait until you've been in it 20, 25, 30 years and just the shifts that continue to come through that. And, and it's not a race. There's nowhere to get to. So, you, and again, you're not going to get to a point where it's like, here's your flag, here's your certificate, here's your medal, you got there, well done. It's going to keep unfolding. And this is always what I like about, you know, kind of integral life practice as well. And, and coming back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, if you don't continue to do your practices, it just becomes a nice experience. It just becomes a nice memory. You have to keep on going back over these bits a little bit at a time. And it may be that today or this week or this month or this year, shadow will be more dominant. Maybe next week, next month, next year, you'll do a little bit more development with your physical body to look after it because you're aware of the fact that it's getting a little older and it's aching a little bit. Or you'll go to your diet or you'll study or you'll be in your relationship or you'll be developing your job in a different way. These are all practices. And, and I'm totally in agreement that shadow should be in all schoolwork. And I think as rote, it should be taught to every teacher, yes. every manager, <laughs> every politician, you know, every parent. If, if all of those people got taught shadow work across the board, then it would be so much easier for everybody coming up through our generations. It's, it's still going to take a while, but yeah, I think it should be in there because it's also easy if we're not careful with, with shadow work to enter into a lot of gaslighting and a lot of spiritual bypassing as well. Uh, so they're kind of fun to watch yeah. in action. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there's, um, I want to ask you just, um, a, a, you know, maybe a couple practices or, you know, how does one actually begin to engage and work and get in contact with their, their shadow. But I want to ask you a question that I asked you on a previous recording that didn't make it up, but I just remembered that this was a question that I did ask you and I wanted to just have you share your perspective again for the audience. Now, it was something along the lines of, you know, a common theme that I've heard with the people that I speak to and the podcasts that I've done is that, you know, the quote-unquote elite, the powers that be, um, and then, you know, I guess the, the actors on the stage being the government and like these, you know, government officials and the Fauci's and everyone. The answer that I get when it comes to doing our shadow work around them is that they are actually a manifestation of the collective shadow. So they're arising and expressing all the traits, qualities, wants, needs, desires that we've collectively denied collectively repressed collectively thrown into that bag you know as the as the shadow and, and it's kind of manifested as these individuals to you know so-called help us you know reconnect and, and become whole and do our shadow work i'm just wondering one your perspective on on that and then two how can we, I guess, begin to do shadow work with these figures? Because there is so much psychological projection and all sorts of shadow boxing going on with these individuals. And I think there's a lot of healing to be done there if we are to change our relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think we, we are, regardless of whether we know it or not, whether we believe it or not, we are watching collective shadow and collective unconsciousness uh, you know unfolding in in the way that it does and i think one of the the things that 
that I think is important in the way that when I'm teaching shadow, the way that I, I try and express it is when you have your, your characters that you don't like for a start of that's the map that it's not the territory, because unless that's somebody that you actually physically spend time with, you're already projecting, yeah. you know, because <laughs> yeah. and, and we, we know the beauty of media being able to shape things to look at, you know, and you can you can find a support for any almost any narrative within, you know, our, our global Internet, our global consciousness as it is right now. And I think the important thing to remember is those characteristics that you don't like in those individuals are capacities that you have, whether you like that or not. And, and the trick within shadow work is to acknowledge, I have that capacity and I, I know that I am that. And I know that in certain circumstances, I might also express that. And, and I think I, I remember like the first time I taught this in a shadow workshop and uh, I was saying to the students that um, even the concept of being a murderer or a rapist You've got to own that you have that capacity. 100%. That's a challenging yeah. one for people because I, I bring that up Ooh, to people as yeah. well. Like, can you heal? Can you acknowledge the pedophile inside of you? Can you not acknowledge yeah. the rapist inside of you? Because if you look yeah. inside of yourself, you will find everyone. You'll find Hitler. Yeah. You'll find Donald Trump. You will find yeah. everyone inside of you. So that's Absolutely. a good one. To, I humble people and to make them realize that. You're a human being. You have every single trait in perfect order, no matter what yeah. you think. And I, I think those are some of the, the really challenging things within shadow work. And, and that's where we end up with a lot of spiritual bypassing is that we, we want to dissociate from those ideas. But if you believe in the, the idea that, you know, life is, is unitary, everything is, is one anyway, then so are they. You know, and if the universe is unfolding exactly as it means to, then they're also doing the job of the universe. And who are you to tell them that that isn't right? What the universe is doing is it's unfolding and exploring itself. What arrogance, mm. you know, it, maybe we're the bit that the universe has sent their mother geezers to get rid of, you know, <laughs> and, and it's, a, you know, one of the things I was listening to a bit of Jordan Peterson uh, today, and he was being asked about whether or not he thought that climate change would be the, um, the kind of the theme, the topic that would unite all of us. And he was just flat. No, because people are not going to give up using their iPhones. People are not going to give up traveling. People are not going to give up doing a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to have to wait until everything actually breaks apart before we can rise out of it. And there's an author, Irvin Laszlo, who wrote a really interesting book called Science in the Akashic Fields. And he talks about how universes, when they get to a particular point, they'll collapse They'll, they'll fall apart and they'll just dissolve back into this ground plane. But it's not back to the zero that it was before. The collapse creates a new structure and the new universe then starts to evolve from that point. So the, it, it's not a circle that we're doing. It's a spiral. You know, everything is growing off on itself and it'll expand, contract, expand, collapse grow decay and that's just going to continue to happen so you know we're we're in a, a funny space where these characters who we've supported you know people did vote for trump you know people did support hitler you know people love fauci 
you know, so there, there's there's all sorts of really interesting goo going on in our minds with all of this and, and to be able to play with it and, and find a space where we're still in center, where we can acknowledge those qualities in ourselves. I am that, you know, I can understand exactly why Fauci's doing the things he's doing. Uh, and I'm comfortable with the fact that I have that capacity. Ain't no way I'm going to personally do that right now as I stand here in this moment but that doesn't mean that tomorrow, faced with a certain situation, you know, and we saw the, the research back in the 70s and 80s where uh, the CIA did some really fun stuff for people's heads. And they would get passers-by in a street to come into a building, take them into what looked like a lab, guy in a white coat, clipboard, dashboard in front of you, somebody on the other side of a screen hooked up to electrodes, but they weren't really. It was all acting. And the, the scientist-type character telling people to turn this dial and every time they did the guy on the other side of the screen would pretend he was having a shock because he was getting a light above him to let him know when to do it but it was all acting and they convinced people to turn these dials all the way up into a red zone that said danger you know and the guy would totally like fizz out and then pretend to die but because they'd been told to do it they did it without question and they've done bizarre experiments where they would put, uh, you know, kind of 30 people in a room all there for a job interview, but 29 of them are actors. And then they would fake a fire coming in from another room and all the actors were told to not move, just ignore it. And the amount of people that didn't say anything because nobody else did, it, it's incredible wow. how much wow. that need to be part of the herd, to mm. be accepted, to not not put ourselves in a situation where we're going to be policed by the crowd for not being good enough, either because we're not keeping up or because we're going ahead into other spaces. That's fascinating. I mean, I feel like that's that that's a it speaks a lot to what played out over the last couple of years. I mean, that's a great example in which. You know, from one perspective, you know, let's say there is no virus, just like there is no electricity going through that thing. They've just made people believe that, you know, that they're being influenced by something. And then it's almost like they've done exactly both <laughs> the fake, the kind of like electrical impulsing and then the fire one, which is like the whole vaccination thing, right? It's the fire get the vaccine and do this. And then the other people are like, all right, we just do that. That's it. And, you know? And yeah, so once yeah. you have that herd moving in one direction, that momentum just sucks people in, you know, that's we're such tribal beings that we, yeah. we feel that need to like be in the community and do what everyone else is doing and not think for ourselves, which kind of sure. does move into growing up to some extent. Um, but we, I, yeah, we I just don't realize as well how much we're being uh, Wizard of Oz. The you know there's something going on behind the curtain. Modern technology with tricks so much. How many AI bot accounts are pushing a narrative for us? How many crisis actors are being used in situations to <laughs> reinforce an idea? How many people are being paid? to put an idea forward how many platforms are then supporting the idea uh, to to make it really difficult again we come down to this term that's becoming very popular at the moment this mass formation psychosis yeah that because we're being constantly hypnotized by the same ideas it makes waking up cleaning up so much more difficult for us 
Yeah, yeah, that mass formation uh, psychosis, psychosis, did you say? Yeah, is an interesting thing, absolutely, to just observe that's it's playing out. Yeah, yeah. How, I mean, there's two questions I want to ask you just based on kind of the practical side of uh, working uh, or doing the cleaning up and, and working with our psychological health. The first one just slipped my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, oh, yeah. So it was kind of, you did mention a couple of things, um, but recognizing what seems to be shadow, would one of them be anything that seems like it's out of the blue, that doesn't seem like it's you, that does like it just seems very almost random, like, wow, that didn't seem like me, but it happened. Is that shadow material? And then it, it can be, yeah, it can be. And then, uh, yeah. Secondly, just what are some of the other, you know, I guess primary ways that you like to encourage people to begin digging into that side of themselves? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, it's it's the places where we have the resistances. Okay, you know, and, and I think that that's a really a really good place. I think recognizing that where we lack it, you know, it's another way of saying it doesn't seem like me, mm. you know, it, it, it's not something that I identify with, but also looking, looking at where we resist. So what, and, and another really useful kind of concept within shadow is what are the things that we're addicted to? What are the things that we can't do without? And also, what are the things that we have allergies to? What are the things that we're repulsed by and can't stand to be around? Those are often really good uh, sources of shadow information as well. Mm. A couple of breadcrumbs to yeah pick up and follow down and then get into it. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about uh, growing up. Where do you like to start with when it comes to growing up? It's inevitable, um, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that you will necessarily continue. So again, you know, easiest thing to come back to is the spiral dynamics and, and the levels of uh, cultural development that we, we see, you know, going through from our archaic, magic, mythic, rational, pluralistic, integral, and so on. So the, we, we have increasing levels of awareness and that each stage of development, each stage of growing up will be more complex than the previous one. And that we're at some level, hopefully going to transcend and include, transcend the useful stuff from the previous stage and include uh, that into the new stage. Because I, I think one of the, you know, and again, we we can split our consciousness into tier one, tier two. The all the tier one levels of development don't necessarily realise that there are levels of development, and, <laughs> yeah. that, and that they're necessary, and that they have to unfold in order. Um, and and this is why we get a lot of uh, polarity and a lot of. Uh, dissociation from each other because if your rational viewpoint clashes with my mythic viewpoint i'm going to think that i've got the best idea you're going to think that you've got the best idea and we're just going to push each other away but in in second tier consciousness you know this really is is one of the best 
places where we've recognized that all those rungs in the ladder are necessary to get to the level where we're at and we can't miss any of them and they all have valuable parts and we kind of forget how much we're still running on our archaic and our magic and our mythic belief processes and all of the various aspects that come through that you know even the idea that we should have uh, a level of order in society and that we should respect each other and that we should follow rules that's mythic Mm. you know so Mm. if you're still hanging on to some of that does that mean that you're trapped in mythic not at all it just means that you transcended and included something that was valuable and useful and included it into where you went into next so, you know, it's important that we're not pushing these past parts away. You know, we're, we're still using them. They still have a value. You know, archaic, basic survival instincts. If we didn't have those, we wouldn't know when to eat. We wouldn't know when to sleep. We wouldn't have the desire to procreate. So these aspects are, are important. But linking this back into some of the shadow stuff as well, each one of these changes between a stage is also a really rich point for potential shadow Uh, elements to arise because to move from one stage to another first we have to recognize that we're limited by the stage we're in so we start to uh, dissociate in it and we start to want to have a differentiation we can see that it's no longer adequate for what we want and and often we see friendship groups changing uh, tastes in music in literature and all sorts of stuff start to shift um, and that's also an interesting re- way to, to spot when there's some shadow in action as well, is you're still hanging on to stuff you really loved years and years ago and you can't let it go. You know, you don't let go of it. So, so we start to kind of see this differentiation between where I think I need to be and where I am. Then we make a transition into the new stage and then we have to integrate the new stage. And at any one of those points, we can create shadow element, either becoming addicted to something in the past or creating an allergy to something, a repulsion for something that we're moving into. Because, of course, every stage of development that you move into as you grow up has its own shadow. So, you know, you you solve one lot of problems, maybe, if you're lucky, but then you move into another set of problems. And because each stage is more complex, there's even more problems in the new stage than there was in the previous one, which is why a lot of us, you know, kind of want to stay in, you know, as, as men often, especially we want to stay in our childlike stages who wouldn't want everything done for them and food put on the table and just get to play. Literally. (laughs) I know so many men in that (laughs) who are living that life where their girlfriend cooks all the food and, you know, it's kind of, you know, very similar to that mother figure where it folds the washing and, you know, does everything yeah. for you, makes the bed and, you know, wipes your ass if you're that dependent. But, uh, you yeah. know, it is, um, it is interesting. So, I mean, I get a sense that, you know, growing up, I mean, at least from one perspective, really seems like becoming a true individual, like really individuating into like this true individuation of developing into your true unique selves, which makes sense that we'd probably need to move on up through these uh, structures structures of, of consciousness to really, really individualize. Is, would that be tied in there? I mean, from my perspective, yes and no. Because like, like waking up, uh, growing up is something that just continues, mm. okay? And... We're never there. We're never done. We're never going to get to a point where we have grown up. 
where we are our authentic original yeah. self the individual like the individuated sure. person yeah 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 sure because what i believe about that today in 10 years time when i've got 10 years more practice under my belt it'll be different again mm. you know except for the unintegrated shadow bits which i'll still hang on to you know and and I think that this is it. We again, it, it's wokeness that has this idea that you're just this thing. You get there, and that's it. There's nothing else to do. But you know, part of our our growing up really is about moving through these things in steps and stages, and we continue to do that. You know, and Ken talks about it in relation to shadow. You know, we 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 always have this superiority issue that goes on that you know okay i'm an integral great and you're only a pluralistic or rational <laughs> but you know, say so what if you're an integral why aren't you at super integral you know why aren't you at the next level yet people are where they are and depending on the cultures that they're in is going to depend on whether or not there's the stimulus and the impetus and the encouragement to continue learning which you know if you're uh, somebody that works in a farming community you might not really need to develop that much. You might not under need to understand deep informational uh, kind of levels of consciousness to be able to work the land. So we can't require people to grow up. And we, you know, ideally we shouldn't disrespect or shame anybody for not doing that. Yeah. Because it doesn't yeah. matter. You know, ultimately you're going to dissolve back into the cosmic soup anyway. You know, you just have this opportunity to explore and expand and develop and grow if you want to. But if you're happy at the level that you're at, that's okay. And if I'm really waking up, cleaning up and growing up, I should allow all of that. You know, (laughs) I should feel compassion towards the fact that that's your choice and I love you for it anyway. Yeah. And at least from what I've heard, Ken Wilbur share of growing up, a part of growing up is to learn to take other people's perspectives. So rather than requiring them to grow up, you can take their perspective instead. And he gives a beautiful example of like, you have an adult holding a, a, a cube and each side of the cube has different colors and he's standing next to a child. The child looking up at the cube sees a blue side. And because of his level of consciousness assumes that the adult is also seeing the blue side but to grow up would to realize that i'm seeing a blue side he's seeing a yellow side but i'm actually able to take that perspective so rather than projecting the requirement of this person to grow up i can since i've grown up take their perspective and meet them where they're at you know so i think that's also an important part of this absolutely and remember that somewhere there's a guy watching the guy and the child with the cube seeing something else. And somewhere else, there's somebody watching the guy watching the guy and the child with somebody yeah. else. You know, the, the perspectives <laughs> in, a, in a sense are infinite and the potential for the perspectives is infinite. And none of them are wrong. They're all just perspectives. Yeah. And I think we could, uh, that would do a great deal in society if only we could learn how to take other people's perspectives and kind of step into their shoes and look through their eyes. 
it would humble us, it would neutralize us, it would allow us to have a sense of compassion and just have a more deeper and open, connected relationship with people. And it's, you know, it's it's just practice. Again, practice taking perspectives, practice learning to look through other people's eyes and uh, not be so rigid and stuck in your one concrete perspective, which so many of us are in, which leads to, you know, a lot of the suffering and conflict and everything that we experience. But um, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, I, I like what we've touched on on there. Let's uh, let's wrap up with uh, showing up, showing up and just dancing, playing. I mean, there's so many things uh, that, again, we could talk about. Yeah, but I'd love for you to, again, kick things off with uh, your perspective on uh, showing up. I mean, for, for me, part of showing up, Again, I, I, I like some of how Jordan Peterson talks about just taking responsibility. Mm. You know, showing up is having responsibility because if you stay in that a dualistic childlike state, then eventually you're going to die. You know, and it it will be a lot quicker by taking some responsibility, by working towards things, by choosing things that you're passionate about and have interest in and moving towards them and looking towards creating uh, um, something within your world that you feel has meaning and purpose. You know, that is that act, again, of waking up and growing up, but in that sense of responsibility in, in the greater collective as well. You know, showing up is not thinking that you're entitled, that just because you're alive, that, you know, I mean, you and I, white males, you know, none of that really makes any true difference. We, we have this opportunity to do something and show up and add into the world. And, and that, for me, is, is so important that I want to do as much good as I can for as many people as I can in as many places as I can uh, and as much time as I can. You know, that is a showing up for me. And, you know, the, the work that I've chosen to do, you know, and I, I mean, I knew even as a teenager that what, that what I valued was feeling the shift in energy in a person when they grasp something that they hadn't before, that they, you know, whether they understood a piece of information, understood themselves, had an experience that woke them up again to, to another part of themselves. And, and I could, even as a teenager, I was aware of that within people. And there was something valuable about that. And, and, and so I knew that I wanted to, to follow that. And so, you know, I, I did my studies, went to university. I realized that wasn't how I wanted to be with stuff. And that, but I kept on exploring because that, that seed was there. And in, in Chinese philosophy, um, there's one of the eight extraordinary vessels in the body, Chong Mai. It, it's often, you know, in, in Vedanta, it's Shashomna, it's the channel through the center of the body. But Chong Mai is where the spark of the divine resides within you. And that's the gift of the universe looking to unfold through you in your lifetime, in that experience. But the universe isn't precious about it. It knows time in a totally different way. So if you don't realize that potential, when you die, it'll just take it back and it'll put it somewhere else and see what happens then. So we have an opportunity. And that's what the showing up is, is take advantage of that opportunity. If you're a young person and you don't know what to do with your life, look around you and see what you can add value to and then what would give you value. 
and and just do something. And even if you get into it and realize that's not what you want to do, that's great because you've shown up enough to realize that that's not what you want to do. So then just redirect. And, you know, I mean, I've worked with so many teenagers over the years that feel under absolute pressure to decide what they're going to do at university, what career they're going to have, how they're going to be in life. And sure. And, and, you know, now who I am, understanding what I do, you know, my, my answer is fuck that shit. (laughs) It's just like, where do you feel you want to put your energy right now? You know, what, what's that contribution you want to make in the world? Because don't just sit there and do nothing. Don't just sit there and play on your Xbox and moan at your mother. You know, do something that adds value. Yeah. That's the showing up for me. I love that. I love that. It was, uh, I was listening to Dustin DePona recently. Uh, he was having a conversation with someone and he's just such an eloquent speaker. Um, but he was really talking about how, you know, we're really trying to open ourselves up to allow consciousness to express, you know, its maximum potential through us. And it's like showing up that we give the universe and consciousness an opportunity to really begin to flow through us. And it's the waking up, cleaning up and growing up that kind of plays a role in kind of the openness of our vessel and container and the ability for consciousness to express through us. But I think there's just so much value in like, if it just show up, like I, I like to think that earth is like, sometimes it's like a big party, you know, (laughs) like, and most people are just sitting down. I was like, get up and dance, show up and dance. And it doesn't matter if you don't know, how to dance if you don't know how to groove if you're shy you will learn you will find the groove and the groove will find you all you need to do is simply show up yeah 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 and and again you know from the the qigong background that i have we see that as gn wu the spirit dance Mm. everything is in motion and movement and we can take part in it and we can play in it again it's leela you know, the idea of being in play, you know, our world is so serious as well. Yes. And it is important that, you know, we are exploring it from a joyous perspective as well. You know, I, I find it kind of interesting that we've developed this society where the 40 hour grind is how we define ourselves from mm-hmm. when we leave school. And let's face it, most of school is a preparation for the grind. That's why you get homework. That's why things are graded A to F. That's factory thinking, you know, preparing us for this grind. And I love that idea that, you know, you're here to do more than pay taxes and die. <laughs> so. You know, I, I, I'm I'm one person that actually is very interested in the arrival of automation and uh, a lot of the AI and the Android-controlled uh, mechanoid-type society. You know, looking at some of Buckmeister Fuller's ideas from the late 70s, early 80s, and just this idea that we we ought not to be working here. You know what? What are we spending so much time and energy producing? You've only got to look at the amount of waste that we create with, um, you know, party tricks and pieces of plastic and clothes that we don't need and and so much stuff that imagine how different the world would be 
if we didn't ask people to waste their time and energy creating that stuff just so they were allowed to have access to food, have access to homes uh, and so on. Uh, and it, it's a very, very weird, you know, I think we've in the last few thousand years, we've developed a really weird uh, way of, of living that doesn't really seem to me to be about communities just creating what they actually need to have a rich life. Mm. You know, in, in our hunter-gatherer days, especially here in the Northern Hemisphere in the UK, we would have spent most of the winter, uh, you know, kind of pretty much huddled away, you know, fires, alcohol, food that we save, storytelling, creating art, you know, they would have been very, very different. And then when we get through to the spring and the summer, we'll come out, we'll do different things, we'll prepare everything that community needs for the year ahead. You know, so so we we've really twisted our way of living in a manner that it, it is unsustainable and it is gonna change and it's gonna change soon, you know, certainly before the end of my lifetime, definitely in your lifetime. You know, we're going to see yeah. some radical changes. And there's a part of me that's really excited about some of that and how it can really support humans to be free. And there's the other side of that, which is concerned it's going to be used as a tool for imprisonment. Mm. Yeah, my concern is on that, is will people have the capacity to even leave that old system because they've been so indoctrinated into it that, they don't know how to have fun and play, you know? They literally only know how to wake up, grind, nine to five, have my coffee, have my dinner, watch my TV. That's all they know. They don't know how to think critically. Like if you ask someone to do whatever you want, create your own business, they wouldn't actually know how to because we've been taught what to think and the whole school system that's literally, again, doesn't want us to <laughs> create our own businesses and play and just dance and the dance when they want us, you know, serving the drinks to them who would get to dance on the, on the, on the dance floor. Um, so yeah, the system is absolutely very twisted and if anything, very alien. Yeah. Um, so uh, just one more thing I wanted to mention with uh, showing up is I feel like showing up also gives us the opportunity to see where we're at within waking up, cleaning up and growing up. So it's like every time we show up, we get to like reflect and like, well, where am I with my waking up? Where am I with my cleaning up? Where am I with my growing up? And do I need to refine that? Can I continue to work on that? But it's only when we show up, do we almost get a glimpse into where we're at within those kind of stages. Yeah, I, I think that kind of stuff is really important to, to have a, a reflection back on where we're at. And one of my, my favorite experiences uh, is to go to places I've been to in the past. So uh, where I live now up in North Wales um, for a, you know, a long time, I grew up in the southwest of, of uh, England in a place called Cornwall. And whenever I used to go back to visit my mom, sometimes there were like years between some of those visits. And I used to love going to places that I'd wandered around as a teenager and standing there and just looking at what was the same there and what had changed and how I had changed in reflection to it and what had stayed the same. And, and so it's really interesting to have these cosmic addresses, these places where we can go to and actually, and again, you know, in, integral, don't forget your environment, use an environment to come back into a place, which in a sense is part of the, 
the idea behind when you're doing meditation, have a place that you do it, create yourself, you know, a little altar or a little something that helps you come back to that. Because then over and over again, you're coming back into something that, you know, I've had a crummy day, I go and sit in my meditation space, and I can feel the difference. I've had a great day, I go and sit in my meditation space, and I feel that. So we've got these mirrors, these points that we can use for reflection as well. Yeah, I think reflection is so valuable. I mean, how do we grow if we're not reflecting and then refining and then, you know, continue to put it into practice and do it all over again? So unconsciously would be the answer to that. (laughs) That's how we grow unconsciously. Yeah. That's how you end up not being able to fit into the jeans that you could wear five years (laughs) ago because unconsciously you've been stuffing it in and it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, yeah. And there's some extreme examples that uh, I probably won't share, might trigger (laughs) and create some shadow work for them. So I'll hold myself back from uh, from doing that to people and potentially creating my own shadow work in the process. Um, <laughs> ben, thank you so much again, mate, for connecting on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. I just so enjoy having these ex- going on these explorations with you. Um, is there any final messages that you want to share with the listeners? Anything arising with your awareness? And then please share where people can uh, find you and connect with you. And uh, yeah, if you have any offerings or anything you want to share with the people, throw them out there. Thank you. So the, the two, when you asked that question, then the two things that came up in me all of a sudden were, were, were actually things that come from Bill Hicks. He's my favorite dead comedian. Uh, You know, he's been dead now for nearly 30 years, which is mental. Um, And one of the things that he used to say is love all the people. You know, no matter who they are, love them all. And the other thing that I, I really loved that came from, from some of his very last work before he died was, remember, this is all a ride, you know, mm. and, and he did this whole beautiful, beautiful sketch. You can go find it on YouTube. You know, it's just a ride. And he's talking about how life is like a roller coaster. It's ups, it's downs, it's sideways. And sometimes it's really scary and we forget that it's a ride. And, and sometimes people come along and they try and remind us, hey, don't worry, it's just a ride. But what do we do? We kill those people. You know? <laughs> Shut them up. We've got a lot invested in the ride. Look at how I'm worrying. Look at my bank account. I don't want to know this is a ride. But it doesn't matter because it's just a ride. Mm-hmm. So of all the people, it's all good. And uh, yeah, so that, that, those are my kind of final thoughts. Just just keep on doing your little bit every day, you know, and, and keep on going. And even on the days where you want to rest, you're doing rest. Don't see it as a cop out or a laziness or whatever. You know, you're still making the choices that are right for you in that point. But keep going. Just get up and keep going. And uh, offerings. Come and join me for Qigong sometime. You want to feel your body, you want to integrate in your stuff, you can connect to it on my website through my event stuff, uh, which, you know, uh, bencolder.co.uk is where you find that. And lovely, you can see my name on the screen so you can get the spelling right. It's nice and easy. Uh, You can also find me on Facebook at uh, Ben Colder Integral Health. You can find me on Instagram, Benji Calder, Twitter, Benji Calder, LinkedIn, Ben Calder Integral Health. So, You're not on uh, TikTok you know, yet, Ben? 
Uh, I don't, I don't, I, there's enough platforms. <laughs> I'm just wanting to get to grips with uh, Zion at the moment with uh, JP Sears is, uh, it's a decentralized platform. So uh, we stopped being the products on there. We're just the creators. It's a very different, different uh, social media sphere to get into. Yeah. Um, but no, no TikTok for me. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's one platform uh, too many. Yeah, oh, TikTok's a <laughs> new television. That shit is wild. Um, with the Qigong, are people able to like join us? Does it have to be in person or is no? No, I so my classes are live streamed, so you can oh, join fantastic. in twice a week with me and uh, and come and do practice wherever you are in the world. So yeah, join you. I'll pop in depending on the times. I'll have to go. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> might be doing Qigong at 5.30 in the morning, but that's all right. Yeah, definitely worth good it. Idea. Good way to start the day. So, <laughs> Not bad, yeah. yeah. Ben, again, just thank you so much. And, yeah, as you know, just a whole lot of love and reverence for you, mate. And, uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll do another one again in the future. Always happy to. Thank you, Lachlan. It's always an honour, always a pleasure. And, you know, again, really grateful for your work. Keep on putting this stuff out there because it's the love and support that come from that desire in your heart that adds value into the work. So into the world, keep it up. Well thank done, you. mate. Absolutely. And uh, people, thank you so much for the support. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I love you guys so much and I will see you on uh, the next episode. Have a beautiful day. See you later. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.